Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. Welcome, rugby fans. It's that time again here with the team from the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. Reminder, my name is Ty, the Saffer Braga. Joining me is Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt, and Scott, the big guy himself, Ferrara. And this is the Rugby Rant, episode 118. This ball represents the game we love. A game fueled by passion. But there are those who wear no number, nor are they in the locker room or the field of play. But they are there for every high and every low. Yes, they are watching every kick, tackle, and try score. Yes. They are there for when you need them most, because they are the Major League Rugby fans. And the time has come for you to stand with your team. Join us at shopmlr.com today. Well, gentlemen, as you know, it's important to be able to dive into the news. And as we do week after week, we share with you as the fans what we think you should know, what something might have been flying under the radar, and we're going to help you notice it. So in a moment, we'll be back. All right, gentlemen, you know how it goes. We're going to go rapid fire around the screen. We're going to share the news, what people should know. We're going to start off with Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. Take it away, my friend. Thanks, Ty, and welcome back to you. I know you had some spent some time away, and I hope it was fruitful. Uh, and you, you, you once again earned your Safa badge. But um, <laughs> <laughs> let, let me go to uh, what I think is important that probably flew out of the flew under the radar for a lot of folks. Crew Rugby, that's why I'm wearing the hat, my guy Dan Falcon, thank you very much, sir, won the annual Robert Markell Cup. It's a wonderful um, tradition that's been developed down there in New Orleans. Basically, uh, there's uh, all the New Orleans teams compete for a local competition over the course of several, um, you know, 10 weeks or 12 weeks. I forgot what the total number is, but you got Baton Rouge, Crescent City Blues, um, Harahan River Coyotes, Crew Rugby Club, and the Pontchartrain boys all competing against one another for the markel cup and of course crew rugby the guys that i support down there my guy dan falcon beat the punch train old boys to win the cup 27 17 at the end of the competition congrats to the boys and congrats to mlr prop for the nola gold coach james doc iray well done my friend uh he is a naval corpsman and uh he served his country and um it's good to see the boys come through this week and congratulations to and, you. And it sounds like he served rugby well as well. I like it. Great story there. And highlighting club rugby again, it's an important thing to be able to do. Scott, what have you got for us? So I'm saying uh, congratulations to uh, Adam Scaturro, who uh, is 
quote unquote, hanging up the boots after 14 years representing Team USA on the USA wheelchair rugby team. Um, you know, he he's gold medalist, Olympian, Olympic champion. He actually his father is a um, is a mountaineer who climbs Everest. And he met his father at Everest base camp, uh, him and three Sherpas, you know, carrying what they could. And we're talking about a, a person who's classified as quadriplegic, um, getting up just from where they were to Everest base camp um, to see his father off on his expedition. I mean, talk about just one, an incredible rugby career two, just doing incredible things in life. So we say thank you, uh, Adam Scaturo, and congratulations on retirement. Nuts and guts, boys. That's nuts yeah. and guts. I mean, gentlemen, I struggle to get off the couch sometimes, you know, <laughs> I mean, what an amazing story. Thank you for highlighting that. I mean, if you talk about the tenacity of a character, right, no matter what the obstacle, right. And if you take, can, if you can certainly meet somebody at Everest, uh, wow, that's interesting. Uh, I'm going to dive into something um, on a more of an international level over here. Uh, women's rugby, again, very important to the program here. Myself and the colleagues, we always want to be able to highlight when possible. Uh, but this one here is not necessarily for a good reason. Um, and why do I mean that is right now there's kind of a restructure um, in the Premier 15s program for England. Uh, a lot of established sides might not be the same format. Uh, they're going to be missing out. In particular, you got Vista, uh, the Warriors organization, Wasps, um, and then Sale uh, for the women's uh, game. And why do I bring this up? Well, more importantly, is how does it affect North American rugby players? Um, we've sp spoken about many of the great names, Sufi Dugudi, we've got Zachary, we've got all these key players that have done well internationally in that division that might not have a home if this continues to play out the way it does. There's probably about eight to ten of them that might be affected. This is not so much a headline for today, but it might be a headline tomorrow, and it's something for you to be able to pay attention to as a rugby fan because we might have a lot of talent that might not have a home um, that is directly going to affect professional players in the women's game. And this after a rugby world cup. Um, so we need to be able to think about that generation of players is where they're going to go. So let's hand it back to Rob for the next piece. Now this one, people have probably seen, maybe they didn't pay a, a, a tremendous amount of attention because we're not yet in the, in the sevens mode. Um, but PR sevens has refined its organization and competition um, they're dividing into East and West. They're adding two new teams. One's going to come out of California. One's going to come out of the kind of Northeast area. And it's kind of cool. They're having a naming contest involved uh, with that component. So they're really trying to engage fans. And they're trying to engage fans in another way, too, because they're starting to identify regionally what teams are kind of orchestrated, mm -hmm. organized with particular regions of the country to create more buy-in so that people have some identifiable team to support, um, you know, throughout right. the course of the, the, their competition. Create a sense of ownership for that team, right. you know? Yeah. And, and they're going to have some of the, some of those um, big cities in those markets will have an opportunity to host a leg. So it should be fun to see this develop. And if I'm not mistaken, um, we're working on getting Owen Scannell to join us at some point, And I'm sure that he will talk in greater right. depth. So stay tuned to the rugby rant for 
that all important interview with Owen Scannell. Yeah, and that, uh, of course, uh, for fans to know, will be a part of the uh, run, pass, or kick <laughs> interviews, which has become famous for asking a, a couple of tough questions and giving you the opportunity to be in the know. So make sure that you continue to check those out under our handle at Rugby Rant Pod on all of our social media platforms. Rob, good one there. But uh, do, have you thrown a name in the hat yet as to what you think a name uh, for a team could be? Uh, you know, I, I, I haven't given it too much thought yet. Um, Preston came up with the, with a NorCal, um, it's, it's like NorCal surf or the NorCal, something like that. It was pretty, okay. forgot, I forgot what he put down. It was a little you bit. Gotta, you don't have to tell him to actually submit it though. But okay. he did, he, I think he put it out there. So it was pretty solid. All right. I like it. Scott, what else have you got for us? So finally <clears throat> the uh, champion rugby, New York. The Ironworkers names their new coaching staff for 2023. Um, former Utah player coach James Simple um, was named head coach. Um, you know, Simple um, playing in Romania, playing in, in provincial uh, New Zealand, um, playing for the Warriors, uh, coaching actually the women's Waikato provincial side. He was also the assistant coach for the Blues women's team last year, which I believe won the championship. And then they also have Ben Afiki, who is an all-black prop, as the forwards coach now, Ben comes over from Auckland men's uh, uh, the Auckland Blues men's side, uh, where he was a scrum coach since two, 2017. Um, we also have three returning um, three returning coaches slash administrators coming back. Uh, Andy Ellis is actually returning as a technical advisor. Um, head of high performance is Ali Richardson. Now Ali Richardson uh, has a huge um, high performance clinic that uh, a team that he runs outside of rugby. Um, he was working with Lester Tigers for years. And Stephen Lewis added coaching coordinator to his varying list of duties, GM coaching coordinator, head of youth activities, the big guys liaison to the team. I think he serves hot dogs at halftime. <laughs> the most I mean, important position yeah, there, right? Yeah. Listen, li- the, the lizard is everywhere. If it has to do with rugby, New York, the lizard is everywhere. I like it. I like it. I like it. And thank you for highlighting all those names. Uh, We'll continue to be able to make sure we share all the MLR news as we uh, roll out many of those new things coming ahead. And talking about MLR things, we're going to be talking about the new kit reveal in just a moment. This is one that we love debating every Christmas. We, of course, uh, around about this time of year, we come to expect this as a bit of a tradition from the MLR. This is not unlike any other time when we have dissected it apart from one interesting factor gentlemen is that we're only got four to be able to see right now and we'll talk more about why that is important or if it's important altogether in a moment but before then we'll be back after a few words from one of our partners Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, and it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark barrel-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. 
Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. Welcome back, everybody. As I promised a moment ago, we are now going to deliver our rugby rant debate, talking about the kits that have been revealed for 2023. Now, before we dive into it, a reminder, we're going to go around the table. On this occasion, it's going to be slightly different, whereas I may not normally be giving my own opinion on top of this. I'm going to participate because it's just going to be too much fun. Uh, There is a one to four here how we can rank the four sides that have revealed what kits they will be using for 2023 as a reminder gentlemen everybody has their opinion but only mine counts um so (laughs) all jokes aside we have four sides it's new york utah seattle and the free jacks we're going to talk about a one to four position Each one here is going to give us their one to four. And then at the back end, I want to find out why do you guys think that it was important that they released only four now instead of doing all of the 12 sides as they had done the previous year? And uh, do we think that this is because of a particular reason or not? We'll be debating that come towards the end. But for all our fans tuning in at home, as Rob and Scott may tell us their favorites from one to four out of these that have been revealed, why don't you go ahead and drop a comment on our social media under the handle at Rugby Rampart and tell us what you think. Were they spot on? Do you disagree? Do you agree? Does it matter? Who knows? Just tell us why we're shit. <laughs> yeah, just give it to them straight. That's exactly the way it should be. Uh, so, gentlemen, I think we are ready to be able to kick this one off. And as again, as a reminder for each of you, I want to hear your one to four ranking on Utah, Seattle, the Free Jacks, and New York. And on this occasion, I'm going to hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt to start us off. I'm going to start with my number four first and work my way to number one. Oh, so I'm going to go... I'm going to go with Utah at number four. Now I I have a lot of Utah kit in my closet. I love Utah's. I mean, black, you can't go wrong with black. It never goes out of style. It transcends, you know, decades, et cetera. But um, I I liked it because it's, they still retain the four stripes. We know that the four stripes kind of have, have significance, you know, with family and community, et cetera, that are built into every shirt that they have. So that consistent component, I really liked. Here's my issue. The jersey's way too busy, and it reminded me of the most recent iteration of the USA rugby jersey that the men's donned recently that I didn't particularly care for. Um, so that was my, uh, you know, that was my number uh, four. Uh, number three was Seattle. Um, and I, I think Scott may agree with me at some point here. Uh, I wasn't as hard up on the black, uh, but, you know, quite mm-hmm. frankly, um, I've liked some of their other kit in the past better when they had the skyline, when they had the names of the, um, you know, their, their, their core supporters or their, you know, season ticket holders. And I thought those were creative. I didn't think these were particularly creative. Um, And I like a little bit more splashes of that bright green. So I would have liked to have seen that a bit more in second comes the free jacks. Um, I like the fact, I like it when like Utah, they retain that four stripes piece, you know, as consistently as consistency from season to season. I like the fact that the Free Jacks keep the hoops consistently from season to season. I like mm-hmm. the fact that the side panels match the shorts. And then if you notice a little detail, the socks had the same pattern 
as the jersey. So it really, they put a lot of thought into the cohesion of the kit from top to bottom. It, of course, has collars, which I like. But, you know, I mean, the red, white, and blue, as much as the American loves that in me, um, you know, it, it, it's, it doesn't do anything special for me um, overall. But uh, unfortunately, I had to go with Rugby New York as number one, much to my chagrin. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, the, the, it could have been a bit more orange, but I love the, here's what I like about that. A bit more orange. It's there's no orange. There's no orange. <laughs> but what I liked about Rooney is, is that it seems like year to year they're going with mm-hmm. something iconic about New York that builds right. into the, their jersey, right? That's whether easily identifiable. Whether it's the, yeah, whether it's the Lady, Lady Liberty, um, mm-hmm. but they, they just kind of carry that forward. And to me, that's the consistency piece right there. The colors, sure. the navy, the white. And I really think that the splash of color in the fun one or maybe it's just going to be black, but it'll be an interesting and fun black, um, is going to be the alternative kit, which has yet to be released. So, Rob, I want to let you know that you were wrong three out of the four times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's a good effort, though. Uh, let's let's hear what Scott's got to share. So I'm doing it the same way um, as Rob. I'm doing four to, four to one. Um, my four is Seattle. Um, I am not in love with their whites, um, I think they could have done a little more with their whites, and I and you could see the the orca, um, the the not the tail, oh the, fin. God, the dorsal fin, fin yeah. coming through. It looks really cool, and the top has that like um, that algae color water thing going on. It, it looks cool, but I don't know if if it really. I think what what should have they should have done is on their home kit they should have went full black and white. Mm-hmm. I like their I like that that green color they have. But I think if they went the full black and white and really went into that that sea wolf that orca thing just for right, this just season, like lean and, into it. If you're gonna go yeah, into like, it, go like the whole go, way. Yeah, go hard. You know, make it make it black. Make the accents white. You have your white, and then keep everything else that you had. I love the way mm-hmm. the sleeves are with the white accents on the bottom. Um, but really make it like super black, and with the white right. accents, I think I think would be a little better. Now Utah, I like Utah's better than Rob does specifically their home. I love having the four skinny uh, hoops across the front with that other kind of pattern that they have. And again, right. you talk about matching the, the top uh, on the home kit, the black top with the red hoops matches the black socks with the red hoops. I think it's a really clean look. Um, I do think it looks better in black and red than the, the blue and red that uh, the men's had. Um, it's just their two away kits don't really like the first one with with all the red and black i think their white kits look a little better although i know Mm -hmm. people are going to complain that it looks like a soccer jersey i can already hear it they're going to say it looks like the new york red bulls or something but i like it it's a it's a different (laughs) it's a different (laughs) see 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 so i go seattle four uh utah three i'm going free jacks two i i always like the free jacks hoops rob hit consistently everything i was going to say as far as the side paneling matching the shorts and matching the 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 middle Mm -hmm. hoop to make it a complete look um then the socks hoops matching the top hoops again i'm a little i'm i don't like their third jersey as much uh the whites on the bottom kind of looks cool but if you but if you look at the back of the jersey they're going with white lettering still so maybe oh, I would have done man, really? black lettering, you know, for the, for the yeah. number instead. See, I, I didn't see that. Now, now yeah. I got to like, uh, the, the bottom guess, yeah. part of the white lettering, you can't see 
the bottom part of the number. That's and who knows? Maybe why I didn't you know. Notice that because I couldn't. And see maybe it. it's a mock-up, though. I mean, maybe when the, the it comes out, it's highlighted in. in and and black for those or people that aren't following, why we think this is bad, I, I, you probably figured it out. But for somebody who hasn't, how are you supposed to know who's who on the pitch, okay. right? And especially right. if you're a commentator or if you're viewing it, yeah. Oh man. But who knows? Maybe they come out with the actual kit and it has the, right the dark outline around it and it just right. wasn't mocked. Right, but this is all we got to go on now. So it's, it's exactly. good that you brought it up. And then number one, I'm obviously going with Rooney, but it, and, and again, Rob kind of hit all my points. You know, it features a historic yeah. landmark that epitomizes what the New York city skyline is known mm-hmm. for. And that's, that's the whole thing, right? Is they want to change the skyline they, they're built for New York. They have this iron workers mentality and this iron workers name. So they went with the Brooklyn bridge on the front and then actually on the underside, on the sides is they have the um, the stone arches, the iconic arches of the Brooklyn Bridge built right. into the side as a little thing. And then on the back, the built for New York. And then usually on the front, they'll usually have the uh, R and Y in the subway letters, which I always thought was a cool little thing. You know, just again, it's it's a New York thing. And then I'm waiting for their third jersey. Um, I don't know what it's going to be. I haven't been told anything. And I have a feeling... <clears throat> um, I have a feeling that Seattle's going to come out with a third jersey at some point. They just haven't announced it, to be honest, because um, everybody else is coming out with that alternate kit. But, yeah, I'm going Rooney 1, Free Jacks 2, uh, Utah 3, Seattle 4. Those are my top four, baby. All right. Well, then it comes to to, to me, and, and being lost in the line, a lot of the things that, that uh, uh, you guys said before are definitely valid. Uh, but let me jump into it without further ado. I've actually got at number four. And by the way, I wrote like a whole dissertation on this, by the way, like crossing out that, that sucker comment. Uh, <laughs> so so here, here it comes. <laughs> at four, I actually have Seattle. And maybe be, I love that some of the points that you that you leaned into with the black and white, seeing the fin. I do get that. But I also don't like the fact that it moves away from from the green. And not only because it's a comfortable color that I'm used to seeing, I think it's become a part of their identity. And I talk about things being on brand and to change the brand after, you know, so many years is not great. And it doesn't also uh, doesn't have a um, continuity with the rest of the sports franchises there. So you could argue that's a good thing. You could argue that's something bad. You know, there's a matter of opinion there, and we'll leave that to to the internet to be able to tell us there. Um, but some of the pros that I did point out, as I said, it's got a nice, clean, simple design. I like the fact that you pointed that out there, Scott. Um, it could be a little bit sharper in some points, for sure. Um, but I liked it. What I didn't like is that it's kind of stepped away from what we know from them and a little bit more off brand than what I think is is smart to do when you've already spent years developing an identity and a brand. So I don't like to see teams do that. Um, yeah, and I did actually write here, and I'm going to say it anyways. Looks like a football, uh, it's not football, I should say, <laughs> the soccer uh, 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 uniform, but I'm going to cross that out because... You said I can't say that. Uh, next up, I'm actually going to put uh, Rooney at third, um, New York. And and here's why. Again, it's going to sound like I'm a broken record, but I liked the orange. And there's, and there's, not, there's a very, very subtle uh, bit of the orange in the new logo, which is the ball. I feel like you could even just have included that element by the color being orange. That's it. Didn't need to be overpowering. It just needed to be a subtle nod to something of the past included in the new, right? So it didn't need to have the traditional big hoops and things like that. A lot of people have said, but you can reference something that is a part of your identity again. Um, 
but I, I do love the, the, the iconic imagery of New York City, all those points. You know, now that I heard you guys talk about it, I feel like I want to move it one up. In fact, I'm going to do and, that anyway. I'm going to do that. You guys, I didn't talk about it, but they also, they're going with collars this year. Yes. Oh, I, no. So know, I, that I, was one, one of the reasons why right. I loved the Free Jacks one. I didn't see that from the mock up, though. The, bl- the blue Very looks fun. a little, if you look at the white, you'll see the collar more. But okay. The blue is Maybe kind of I just didn't get it from the imagery because yeah. we understand they're not 100%. They're just mock ups. I get that. But now I have to be able to elevate it <laughs> up again because, like, that's one of the things that I do like about the Free Jacks one. And while I have the opportunity, let me dive into that one. I had put it actually as 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 two. Uh, I want to, man, I'm torn now because now you guys have said so many good things that now I'm like I didn't notice. Um, so that one definitely I like. But let me just talk about the Free Jacks one. I do like the collar. I love the, the the vintage style of it. We all remember playing for in our youth where it was always about the the, the collar. You know, it doesn't have the long jerseys, but you know, it's got the short sleeve, but it's still got the same feel. Um, it's classic. It's timeless. It's on brand. It's not particularly inspiring. You know, they're kind of staying very much closer to what we've seen from them in the past. But maybe that's their strength. Maybe it is their strength to be able to stick with the same thing with subtle variations. I love Rob's point that I that how the the color rolls from the side of the jersey into the shorts. I think that's going to look sharp on the field, um, and, and it's going to look uh, uh, good. And it's a even though there's taken some criticism that okay, well, how inspiring can you be with just red, white, and blue, and with just hoops, really? Um, but I think that they created enough contrast between their home and away kit that it's not going to be a problem. Um, and, and with that being said, I like that they offered um, an alternate kit so far, right? Um, so, and that's good to be able to see. That one does shift quite nicely away. The same thing with Utah. I'm going to talk about them now. And I put them actually as my number one. Rob had them at their last place. Um, I like the red and black. I think it's always going to be sharp. I just like the way it looks. Um, what I will say I don't like, though, is that in the previous version, their away jersey, the strong red across the chest, had the mountain range inside it, kind of the same way that we now see um, iconic imagery being included for, for inside the jerseys of other teams. Um, that's not there. But I do like the strong stripes. I like it crossing. Across. And, yes, I get that you say with the blue and red like it did with the USA uh, uh, kit that it, it kind of looked a bit busy. I get that on this one. I don't think it does against the simple red and black. Um, so my pros there is they stay with the traditional on brand look um, strong contrast between the home and away kits. It's easily uh, d- differentiated um, also still, you know, different from what we have seen in the past, but, but, still on point um what i didn't like is no mountain range and those identifiable marks there um none of that regional flair that we we like to be able to see from side so you know i'm torn now between my second and third but it's a toss-up between free jacks and 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 and, uh new york i think i will go now and change it though and i'm going to put utah at one New York at two because I do like the inclusion somewhere of the Phil imagery. Harris is cursing your name, bro. Right. Yeah. And 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 the fact that you said that they have a collar, which I do like. Um, then Free Jacks at third, Seattle is my last place, unfortunately. I, I gotta say I, the Utah home jerseys with the black and the red stripes, the thin red stripes, right? Sensational. The away top, not a fan of, but the, mm. the red socks 
I really love right. the away red socks on Utah. It pops and so the, nice. And the, yeah. yeah. And the same thing for free jacks, the, the home kit with the red on the sides and the right. red, um, the red shorts, shorts. looks mm-hmm. so good. It's a clean right. look. I, I mean, so don't get I, me wrong. I did have, I did have Utah as my third and it really was just that those two away tops that they have. Yeah. I just, it, I just can't get on, on them, you know? I, yeah. I, and I got to tell you, like as much as I, did, was not a fan of the Utah jerseys. And I actually liked the white and gray one a little bit better than I like the other two, just because it was a contrast. I love the Utah shorts. Like if you notice that mm-hmm. in, in, on the, on the side, there's that V right where it's, you know, cut out a little bit. They have a really nice color contrast there with some stripes. And then they have stripes inside the yeah. shorts as well. So and, I thought those I like that slick. stuff. I mean, look so far, I mean, we haven't got everything to compare it to. We still got eight teams to be able to reveal mm-hmm. theirs. But do you feel like this is actually a significant difference from the years before that, you know, you feel like they're, 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 um, because, you know, one of the criticisms that came up last year is like San Diego looked very close to Utah colors and there was, uh, uh, Toronto is now looking very close to, to others that are having, do you think that, that our people are going to feel this the same way this year with what we've seen so far? Anybody can jump in there. Yeah, I mean, well, I, San Diego did have that burnt orange look, and then people got pissed off that they went away from their regular red and black. Mm, but in yeah. my opinion, I like that color. I thought it was a cool color. It was a little it was different. different. And, yeah. and it, it it did give them a little differentiation well, they, between ATL yeah, and Utah. They tried to pay homage to the to the cohort a little bit with the scalloping. Kind of looked like I, a chain mail type thing. Yeah, yeah, I just didn't like the um, fact that when they – Combine that with the black, it looked a little bit more like a like it was a Nola shirt than than a, a San Diego shirt. That was my only rub. Yeah, and to me, it looked like um, snake scales almost. Then when it was in the in the black, but I thought it could have been the other. But uh, let's also ask the important question: as we promised folks we would do, is that there has only been four revealed, but traditionally up until now they've revealed all twelve home and away at the same time. I believe. So let me throw it to you, Rob, because we started this round with you. Do you think there's some rhyme or reason to this? I I think there is. I um, If I had to guess, uh, I think it has to do with the fact that the hounds are delayed. And I'm not I'm not trashing the hounds and I'm not trashing Paladin. The fact that mm-hmm. they got in, in in October and then they had in short order to put together a team, find a place to a venue to play, find a venue right. to train get players uh, to develop, get a coaching staff developed, get a director of rugby in there, you know, do all the things, you know, the, the, the kit, the branding, all that stuff kind of took a back seat, if you will. And Mm -hmm. so as a result, they weren't really able to get a design to submit. And we all been around rugby. If you've been around rugby in America, you've been around rugby anywhere in the world, you know, that rugby kit is notoriously takes a long time for custom kit to be produced. I mean, I just got some Jersey set up not too long ago. Uh, for collegiate um, uh, alumni team. And I, I, I ordered them. I mean, I, I placed an order in the beginning of November and I, I've been told that they will be in by March, you know, mid March, but it it could be tight. Well, another example of that is LA and um, And Austin Austin. last year, where still not, if if you remember that they, you know, LA stuff, I think we were waiting on getting some LA kit from our provider. Yes, exactly. Right. And in June, and, and, you know, I think we were able to get it in time for the final, which was in early July. 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, it definitely does take a long time. So I mean, it may be a factor, and if it was, surely it makes sense. I mean, it's kind of a smart move. I'm almost like proud to be able to say that they, they were, if that if is what happening that they thought of that because you know you release four now, you release another four. Who knows? Well, this week coming right. And another uh, four, it gives them a little bit of extra time to be able to get that last um, team in. Because they were last in, they're probably least prepared in that regard. Right. And not, as you said before, because they're not doing a good enough job. Just they got so much on their plate in such a short window to do it. So it could be a factor. Um, Scott, what do you think? I mean, that that definitely could be the factor. But I have a thing with, we've kind of set the precedent that like Kitness is coming. And everybody right. gets excited and then there's a it's big a hubbub time about for retail, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody gets some hubbub about you know this and that, and the fans get engaged, just like with the draft. Oh, the draft is coming. We have this draft day. We make it about the draft, and it's going to be on CBS, and then it's going to be on TRN, and then we're going to do our show. You know, so I like where that we're creating the event because right, we're an event society here in America. We're an event sporting. Uh, uh, what we watch sports right now, we're in the college bowl season, right? So we're watching all these bowl games and then the event is the college football playoffs. And then we're going to the next event, which is the Super Bowl, And then the next event, we're talking about the NBA championship and then the NHL championship. And then we're going right back into, you know, football again. So it's, it's about the event. So I kind of like when they just threw everybody out there in the event. But, but isn't that kind of part of the appeal here is that you're talking, what you're talking about is keeping your marketing relevant throughout mm-hmm. the year and so right now it's kind Spreading of it out space. can be a smart move you, you, yeah. know, you, have, you have the calendar or the, the schedule come out not too long ago and now you can start slowly trickling out you know these kits and it keeps people interested and engaged i think in concept it's good but i think in reality you know it's it could be frustrating for teams and for uh, fans of teams that are revealed later you mm-hmm. know um like for example you can pre-order rooney but right. you can get right now seattle so seattle yeah. fans are getting their kit in in time for christmas and this is i'm or, glad you brought it up though. I called it. yeah i was gonna say it's kind of a marketing versus sales uh, uh opinion here right marketing value totally get it drip it over a couple of weeks spread it out keep people engaged give them content to consume in the off season give them the hype going into the preseason love it i get that Sales wise, not a great strategy, right? To be, and also to, to this point, any order that you were about to make for Christmas, that's not going to be here, right? So it's already, you could argue, too late, right? Yeah. You could have been, I mean, dri- if you were dripping it, you could have dripped it in November. We have to realize, too, are. the season starts in eight weeks. So the pre order should that, be getting in now if you want it for, we're talking. Well, you know, Seattle has their first home match with the 18th, you know, right? And mm-hmm. then New York has their first home match, whatever, the 26th. So you got, you want to get their orders in now for all the other teams. What I can I think- tell you, though, is on Shop MLR, I don't see a pre-order right now. But I can tell you that you can get some really awesome deals in last year's gear. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> get your Giltini gear while it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think I think I understand what you mean about the dripping it. But I think there's enough signings, enough different things. I mean, in the middle of this broadcast, mm-hmm. Toronto's Toronto's GM stepped down. You know, so what? There's, there's that enough not, not news piece then, <laughs> because it happened in the middle of the broadcast. But my point be my point being. I think there's enough in signings and this different things and what the hounds are doing and this, that, and the other thing that you can mm. get all that information and still keep it social media active and all those things active, but yeah. give yourself that kitness. 
And that's our thing because they don't do that, mm. you know, in the in the NHL. See, the NHL just started to do that with their their new jerseys where they're bringing their jersey out and they're dropping them all on the same day. And yeah. I have a feeling that they've been looking at other leagues because they used to not do that. Now, I love I love that concept if there's the marketing buildup. So it's like it drops on this day. The hype is there. Everybody's focus is right there. But there wasn't enough of that. I mean, I totally get it. I mean, it, it, there's marketing balls being dropped in several different areas. Yeah. So but it sounds like Scott's definitely for the one big reveal. I don't know where you stand, Rob. Um, I. I. I, I like the idea in principle, but I think in, in actual reality, it's, it can be a bit frustrating from a fan perspective. If look in my ideal world, there would be a kitness and you'd be able to order that Jersey, whether it be it pre-order or be it, get one of the two jerseys you're looking for right. and be able to have it delivered at your doorstep in seven to 10 days. I think that'd be the ideal. And everybody gets an opportunity to order something for Christmas or Hanukkah or Hanukkah, whatever you're calling it. <laughs> One thing I will say, and I'm going to give an extra shout out to the guys that help us do this week after week is Rugby Now, who, of course, is also running shopmlr.com. Uh, One of the major benefits and improvements as a fan when looking to get your favorite gear is that they offer... Uh, well, they've changed the model from previous organizations who had done it, that they actually hold the stock and they can do, as a result, same day shipping. They ship it out at least the same day. You won't receive it, but you're going to get a lot faster than what previously in years gone by might have meant that you waited six or seven weeks because it was yeah. coming from Australia where they were producing it at Paladin. Um, so so as, a, as a rugby fan, though, you you want to be able to get this before the season and to the point that Scott made if it's all revealed at the same time in December you can do those pre-orders and hopefully they can guarantee that it gets to you before the season every club has an equal opportunity every fan has an equal opportunity to be able to get that interest that's required to your point then uh, Rob is yes it's good for marketing to drip it to be able to create content but somebody's going to lose at the end when they've lost four weeks of pre-sales So um, very good points from both of you gentlemen there. So it sounds uh, like that in 20 for the 2024 season, we'd like to be able to see all of it at once because we can go shopping then. all right gentlemen again as per usual i want to be able to thank everybody who's tuned in to be able to watch us here on the rugby rag podcast show it's an absolute pleasure to keep doing what we do each and every week we do it with your help more importantly as you continue to tune in and consume this content and you can do so on all of our social media platforms under the handle at rugby rant pod you can also continue to be able to enjoy us pre-season throughout the season, almost any time possible on the Rugby Network. And we'll continue to be able to do what we do week after week, which is helping rugby grow one fan at a time. And of course, that includes you. You can tell us what you think of this show and all the others by dropping a comment down below. We encourage you to be able to do so. Rob, Scott, and myself will answer them accordingly. Um, And we invite you to also challenge us uh, if you wanted to join us on the show as a guest ranter, or perhaps you'd like to nominate somebody. Gentlemen, uh, it has been a pleasure. Um, We know where we stand on this. Uh, One to four. Hopefully the rest of the rugby world will tune in and tell us what they think of our choices from one to four but for now i think that's it and there's no winner here today because uh, we'll let the fans decide that one
All right. So once again, thank you for tuning in for this episode, episode 118 of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. On behalf of the gang, thank you for tuning in and we will catch you at the next.